Hello and welcome to Meet My Potential podcast where we talk to leaders from around the world to inspire and to ignite your potential. This is your host Deepa Natarajan, that Indian girl from Toulouse in France. And today we're going to explore a wider perspective of inclusion with Aaron Lefebvre. Aaron Lefebvre is the Director of Human Rights at Copenhagen 2021. Aaron has a profound understanding of international politics and a solid knowledge of inclusion and equality with a special focus on the LGBTI+ and the pride community. Currently, he is creating an ambitious human rights program for Copenhagen 2021 with the goal to elevate the international LGBTI and inclusion agenda to new heights. I invite you to listen to this interesting conversation and to learn a little bit about how can we widen our perspective of inclusion but before we get on if you haven't seen my masterclass on how you can achieve success and well-being and make that transformative change just head over to meet my potential so that's www.meetmypotential.com/webinar and you can watch the video so let's together rethink the way we lead Hello and welcome to the show Aaron how are you doing this morning Very good how are you Well I'm doing good thank you it's end of October almost now and I'm waiting to get on vacation <laughs> next week so that's where I am and what about you I can only imagine I think everybody needs a little bit of a vacation right now I'm home in Denmark I try to work from home a little bit more than we usually do because of the pandemic but uh, I I I think everything is good here Right. And so let's let's get into the episode. So what got you personally involved in the Copenhagen 2021? So previously I worked a lot on inclusion, uh, specifically LGBTI+ inclusion at the Dutch Embassy, the European Union delegation, and I worked a bit for Human Rights Watch. Um and I actually got asked for the job while living in Washington DC. So I took a chance. I took a plane to uh, to Denmark. Mm-hmm. and i'm here for about uh, one and a half years already <laughs> what do you find interesting about this like what got you personally involved i think i've always been very interested in inclusion as such not only um lgbti inclusion but inclusion like a wider spectrum of inclusion and in university uh, i focused a lot on human rights and on top of that i've always been a very caring person for others So I think in general that is a little bit where my feeling of of uh, equality comes from uh, and when it comes to the job I have now I mean I've I've, I've got a job in which I uh, uh, I can engage with different people uh, learn about different parts of our community talk with the politicians be in contact with different activists so I think that really got me engaged that is also the reason that I took this job and are putting together this program for next year for Copenhagen uh, World Pride Right. Inclusion, we all, a lot of people talk about inclusion. We all talk about inclusion. What is inclusion for you? So inclusion for me means that every person, every individual has a place where they belong, a place where they can feel home, a place where they can work without discrimination. It basically touches upon every single aspect of life. So what inclusion for me means means that every person can be him her or themselves go to work without fear have a family without feeling discriminated so it's of course it's mm. it's it's very broad it's it, it touches up on equality 
it touches upon the feeling of making other people welcome in your company or at your school or uh, in your community. So it is very broad. It is very broad. Right. I remember when I moved to France, I knew that some parts of me, which were very Indian, would be looked upon as a very in a very strange way here in Europe. So I never revealed those parts of me. You know, when you talk about inclusion, I feel like, okay, I need to be accepted for everything that I am, for every part of me. And so a lot of people in various different situations hide a certain part of them in order to feel that sense of belonging. And I think that sense of belonging is so important for us to feel a part of a community. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I think that is also, I think the beauty in, in, in the world we live in now is this diversity. It's the fact that your neighbor can come from India your downstairs neighbor can live together with his boyfriend. And I think it is very important as an individual to really accept this diversity. Don't see it as strange, but embrace it. And of course, uh, uh, we all need to adapt. There is uh, culture and, and there are certain customs in countries. But I don't think we should uh, change ourselves in such a way that we lose our own identity and our own uh, being. <laughs> That's a very good message. Like we can't lose our sense of identity and our own sense of being because then we start to reject a part of us and we don't accept ourselves a part of us. And so the more the, it starts with you, right? Like you just mentioned, everything starts yeah. with you. If you accept yourself and you bring that forth, uh, your complete identity, irrespective of whether you're accepted or not, because somewhere the responsibility to create that sense of inclusion lies with both parties. Uh, that is, it lies with the person who feels different and yeah. also with the society and the environment. Yeah, that is absolutely true. That is absolutely true. And I think already looking at, at, at the world uh, that we're living in now, we're fighting wars. Um, we're sending people back to the countries where they come from. Uh, we're fighting each other's community. We see the Black Lives Matter community come up. We see the fight of the LGBTI community. I mean, there's so much going on and we would make our lives so much easier just being a little bit more tolerant and being a little bit more open-minded to that person that we don't actually know so well or that culture that we are not familiar with. So what are those things, those systemic changes that are needed in our society, in our education system, in the politics, to have that sense of open-mindedness for inclusion to take place in this world? Oh, that's a good question. And that's, of course, also a very broad question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but here's I, your, here's your, like, my dream, like, if yes. my ideal, like, if Aaron, you could say, like, my dream and my ideal, my ideal scenario for this world to go in this direction is this, what would that be? I, I would hope people are less afraid of the unknown, and people would embrace the unknown. And as we already said, everything starts with the individual. Of course, politics have to move legislation and policy, but in the end, it is all uh, coming from the individuals making up a country or a community. So I would like to see a world where people are not looking away from something that or somebody that they don't know, but are that are embracing it. And I mean, let's be very honest that <laughs> we are not there um, and, and we will hopefully get there someday. But I... <laughs> I think it will it will take a while if mm. if it will ever happen but that that would be my ideal world people looking at themselves first and embrace the diversity around them mm. Mm. 
it's easier said than done. And we know yes. there's a lot of work here. But what would be those simple steps? If we look at today's scenario, what would be some simple steps that we need to take in the direction of our education system, in the legislation, in communities? What would be some of the simple steps that we can take in this present moment? I think most important is visibility of communities that are often overlooked. That is also one of the reasons that Pride started. Uh, of course, it, it was a riot, but it's also a moment of visibility for people to see that we as a community are not odd or strange. I think uh, what needs to happen first is, is make minorities visible on the street, but also especially in the education system. Make sure that there is materials that reflect the, the, the society at large. Um, and, and I mean, we see that here in Denmark as well. Eh? Uh, Denmark is a fairly white country. It's, it's a country with a lot less immigration than countries like, for instance, France, Germany. I think that is something difficult. And that is also, again, I mean, as politicians embrace this diversity, give people an opportunity to build a life in your country. Because I think in the end, taking people into your country is not a burden, but I think it is an opportunity. I often compare Denmark to the Netherlands, for instance. And I mean, the Netherlands mm -hmm. in general is more multicultural as such. Unfortunately, that also comes from colonialism, which is a very bad chapter in, in Dutch history. But at this stage, I do feel that the Netherlands is more diverse. Now, do we have to work a lot on inclusion in the Netherlands? Yes, absolutely. But at least people are getting visible. People are getting a voice. And I think these kind of things are all very important in a systemic change, because without seeing and without experiencing differences and and um, unique people, it is really hard to adapt. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Like there are, while there are these positive, let's say, initiatives going on on one end, on the other end, uh, like just like what happened uh, last week in France, the killing of Samuel Paty, uh, yeah. what do those kind of negative events, if I may say, if I can attribute that word negative to that, what do those kind of negative events, what does that trigger in the society? I think, of course, uh, looking, uh, looking at the murder uh, happening in France or ha that happened in France last week, you do see that people come together. Um, you see that mm. people unite. And with people, I mean the society at large. Um, there has been a lot of people with an Islamic background denouncing uh, the killing of, of the teacher in question. And although uh, these, um, uh, these situations are extremely extremely concerning and sad there's also a opportunity or an opportunity to come together basically reset the balance and uh, start moving forward and of course and that is the unfortunate thing we've seen it more often uh, um, there is a lot of violence against jewish people there is a lot of hate against Muslims. There is uh, people with a Muslim background that have a lot of hate against the LGBTI community. It is very difficult, but I do think in the end, these kind of situations, these kind of happenings do create a situation where people come together again. Yeah, that's right. They come together for a cause. And so the cause becomes actually much bigger than... Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. And while uh, some of us you know, can sit on the sidelines when we're not victims of those minority communities. We sometimes take our privilege for granted. What's your take on that? 
we talk a lot about privilege these days. And yeah. I think it is very important to understand that the fact that you might feel totally comfortable uh, in your society is not a reason to sit still and pretend that there is people not feeling included. And the world as it is now is a very unfair and unequal place. I mean, look mm -hmm. at uh, Africa compared to Europe, um, right. where we already see all these differences. I think every single person should be very aware of the privileges he or him or they have, but also do something with it. Use those privileges to help other people. And one of my one of my mottos here mm -hmm. is, in, in the end, you will not be remembered for what you did for yourself, but you will be remembered for what you did for other people, because what <laughs> you did for yourself will die with you one day. <laughs> so true. <laughs> you can say that again. What you did for yourself will die with you one day. So what, 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 what you did for yourself will die with you one day, but what you did for others will live on. Right. Yeah. There's a sense of service, a notion of service in what you just said, a notion of how, what is my contribution to the society? How can I be responsible for whatever is happening today? Even though I'm not responsible for anything that's happening, let's say in South Africa or let's say in Ethiopia or in Nigeria, but how can I feel still sitting here in Toulouse in France, be responsible for something that's happening out there? Maybe I can sew a conversation with my neighbors about it. Maybe I could talk to people around. Maybe I could start some cause. I don't know. What do you think about that? And then we come back to this point of visibility. I think visibility, yeah. giving people a voice is always important. So indeed, talk with your neighbors, but also look into opportunities to actually explore a country like Nigeria, or in my case, and, and we of course talked about this in, in other conversations, India mm. um, is a country <laughs> that many people feel is dangerous, um, is very different. I think the whole idea is for us to actually experience this and understand and learn how we can support people in countries like India, but also it's also close to home in countries like Poland or the refugees here in Denmark. It is all about talking with them talking with other people, giving giving them visibility. And I think that is what we often forget. We mind our own business, we go on with our lives, and we don't look at what's happening in other countries. Mm -hmm. And again, I only think we can really grasp something like this, and we can really support if we understand and if we have seen a situation in a country like that. Because what often happens is, We are sitting here in our very comfortable apartments in, in Europe, yeah. pretending to do a lot for uh, people in Africa. But then um, we are also taking very extensive showers. <laughs> we're, eating, uh, <laughs> a lot of, we're eating a lot of meat and, and things that really weigh heavily on the environment. And then I can tell you the 10 euros that people donate a month will not really do anything. So it also it starts with yourself. And you really have to rethink your life as such. It is not just a 10 euro donation uh, or one chat with your neighbor. It is a lifestyle. You're so right about this. I remember when I was a child, we had very less water in at one point of time. So we had a tanker inside the house where we would collect uh, 100 liters of water. And we'd get water only for two hours in a day. So every tap that we open, the water flows from this limited quantity 
And so mm -hmm. we were very careful when we brushed our teeth, when we had a shower. I calculate the number of times I could actually wash my hair per week. <laughs> and so we'd actually be very careful of every drug. But here when I come and I see my daughter opening the tap and I go like, no, don't do that. And she's like, why? <laughs> so we forget what privileges we have. And especially if we were raised completely in Europe, we'd be completely unaware. Yeah. And so what you mentioned, like go experience, because when you go and experience, you know what it is. Absolutely. And and that is where I think some, no, people, all people should get out of their comfort zone and see the other side of the world and experience the different cultures and also experience taking a cold shower uh, uh, after, uh, after a day out because there's simply no hot water, something that we take for granted. And those are very simple things, but it is something we really have to start taking into account because inequality comes from so many different factors. And I think we can only change that by structurally changing our lives. And now I might sound really radical, Mm -hmm. But it's actually a very easy thing to do. Mm. So there are many small things that we can do, actually. Many small steps to shift the way the world is going for the world to be more inclusive. And what happens? What's the impact if we don't do this and if we don't move faster? Well, if I look at the world as it is now, I am not very optimistic. And that is a very honest answer. Uh, I sometimes tell my friends that, uh, I'm happy that I don't have any kids because in a world where the environment is going the wrong way, where a pandemic is keeping us at home, where thousands and thousands of people are dying in, in needless wars, where we have to be afraid of terrorism, I find that, I find that very scary uh, uh, sometimes. And I forgot the question. <laughs> see, well, I'm sorry. Like, no, uh, the question is like, What's the sense of urgency that is needed? Yeah. Why do we need to actually move faster today more than ever? Because like, even though the pandemic is happening, like, you know, we don't, some, when we sit in a place of privilege, when we sit in a place of comfort, we don't feel that sense of urgency. Like, let me give you a small example where in January, when I was talking to one of the managers that I was working with, and he had about a hundred people in his department. And I said, what if 50% of your team was working remotely because people were not having balance in their life? And he said, no, no, no that's totally impossible. <laughs> and I remember this conversation very clearly. Yeah. He said, 50% of my people cannot actually be working from home for two days a week. And, <laughs> and then here we come. And now the entire, all the hundred people are actually working remotely and it's functioning perfectly well. Yeah. But the pandemic has pushed him and pushed all of us to actually move with a sense of urgency. And yeah. so that's my question. Like, what is the sense of urgency that's needed? Because, you know, when you said you're not optimistic with everything that's happening, like we need to create that sense of urgency for people to move. So what happens if we don't? In the worst case scenario, I think we lose the battle with the world as such, and that will not be for our generations. But if we want to give opportunities to generations after us, I think we really have to start changing our lives radically in every single aspect. And I am very happy that you're mentioning working at home because working at home up to a certain extent is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is a lot environmental friendlier. It gives a lot more people the opportunity to spend more time with the family. It also, of course, has some negative aspects because people that are alone might feel depressed. Or, But I do agree that it's important to start all these new uh, possibilities like working at home. But I also think what is very important is yeah. to make sure 
we act on all these negative outlooks we have for now. I mean, uh, look at all these wars again uh, and the environment. And I, I just think the urgency is there more than ever because the world mm-hmm. population is growing very quickly. And that has a very bad effect on the world as such, maybe less on Denmark and France, but definitely a lot in on countries in, in the global south, for instance. Right, right. And so we spoke about many small steps that people can take. And if we go back into a larger perspective of to the members of your community, what advice would you give them in terms of sense of responsibility to shift the way things are? What would be your advice for them? Yeah, so when it comes to my own community, what I always say is don't only look at our own community, but use your strength that you're using to fight for inclusion to also give other people a voice, give other minorities Mm -hmm. a voice, talk about other difficulties in the world. Um, You cannot only say, okay, I'm an activist and I'm an LGBTI inclusion activist, Mm -hmm. but in, uh, in, uh, or at the same time say, yeah, but with the Black Lives Matter movement, I don't have a lot in common, which is totally untrue. I think every person should fight for equality and for a better future in every single element of life. And I think that that is often being forgotten also in our own community. Eh? Um, let me be very clear that what we often see is that um, uh, there is a certain part of the community really fighting for, for instance, marriage rights for same-sex couples, but totally forgets about the rights of intersex people or transgender people. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, basically working for inclusion. In this sense, you're working for inclusion of just a very small percentage of your own community. And that divides us amongst each other, which is also a big problem. (laughs) Absolutely right. Absolutely right. So the key message that I'm taking away is like, take uh, whatever purpose you're working for in your community and expand it to beyond community, expand it to the world yeah. at large, to everything that's going on. And it is about including different minds, including different thoughts, including different perspectives, including, yeah, uh, any cause actually. And so there's this notion of tolerance. There is a yeah. notion of curiosity that comes like trying to go get out there and understand and go past our own biases because social conditioning puts us in biases, but like go past that, try and be curious and step out of your zone, yeah, right? Absolutely. Fantastic. And if you could share one personal message or one advice, like you want to get your message out there to politicians, what would be that message? The message to politicians, oh, uh, it, it of course demand, uh, depends on what politician <laughs> we're talking about. My message to politicians would be look after every single individual in your country. Don't only look after that percentage that will vote for you, but if you really want to make a difference, look after everybody. And that is, of course, a very social uh, and and socialist uh, comment. Mm -hmm. But I also think that our politicians to the right wing would actually benefit from this. I don't think putting people up against each other will benefit anybody. It will only create hate. It will only create more difficulties. So that would be my real message to politicians. Be a politician for everybody and also look at the outside world. Don't only look uh, look at your own country because everything you do in your own country has an effect on other countries in the world. 
<laughs> Fantastic. You bat an eyelid here. It's like a butterfly uh, that flaps its wings in uh, Indonesia has an effect over here. So everything that you do yep. in one part of the world has somehow an effect in time and space, or especially if you collapse time and space, and it has an impact on the other end of the world, right? So Indeed. thank you so much. And before we end this episode, what's your last message for the audience? That's a good one. What's my last message from the, uh, for the audience? Now I have to think. <laughs> That's what, fine. What, what can I give to the audience? I think I, I already gave my motto, and I think that is most important for everybody listening in. Making a difference starts with very small things in and around your house. It ends with you really opening up to the world, to people that are different, show interest, give people a voice, invite people to your house, and learn. Because the change can only be made if everybody starts looking at him, her, or themselves. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Aaron, for being here with us. Anytime. It was a pleasure. Thank you. If you liked this episode, I'd appreciate if you could take a minute to give us some feedback by either heading over to iTunes or whatever podcast application you use to listen. Thank you so much for taking the time to doing that. I look forward to talking to you soon again here in one week's time. And until then, stay cool.